tonight for fun and so glad to see you here uh what's this is a talk more talk solo beatles video cast we talk about the solo careers of john lennon paul mccartney george harrison and ringo Starr. occasionally discussing beatles items too when something uh, is interesting or maybe something comes up that's new that we want to discuss i'm joe mayo you may know me from my channel on youtube called mean mr mayo and uh, we're going to be doing a pretty fun show today. I think the topic is really good. We'll get to that topic a little bit after. Before I do, let me introduce my co-host. First, the queen of all Beatles media and all else, everything that moves, everything that lives, everything that grows. <laughs> so uh, everything, the queen is here. And uh, you may know her from her books that she's written. One of them is uh, Songs We Were Singing, Guided Tours Through the Beatles' Lesser Known Tracks. And also Michael Jackson, FAQ. Uh, I don't know if it's everything you wanted to know, everything left to know about the King of Pop. But either way, if you like Michael Jackson, there's a book for you. And she did talk about the cover of Ben with the rat on it that I actually have, the album cover. And I like that album cover. Movie, not so much, but <laughs> Willard, Willard was better. But anyway, <laughs> welcome Kid O'Toole. I agree. Thank you, Joe. That that was quite an introduction. Queen of everything. I, I like that a <laughs> yeah, lot. Everything, everything. The queen of cups. <laughs> the queen of I, batteries. Queen of, queen of the backgrounds. Queen of the backgrounds. That's right. Yeah, queen of everything. I I love it. Hi, Joe. Hi, Tom. I can. Hi, everyone who's watching. Hey, Happy Kit. New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year okay, to everybody. Happy New Year. That's right. This is our first show of, of the new year, by the way, which, which uh, should, I should have thought of. But uh, next up, I, I don't have a fancy one ready for you, sir, but uh, he co-hosts a McCartney-centric video cast called Two Legs with his partner, Andy Nichols, which I'm really enjoying. Uh, let's give it up for Tom Hanyadi. Hello, hey, Joe. Tom. Hello. Hey, Ken. Hey, Kit. Joe, it's good to see you guys. It's a brand new year, and uh, I think we're going to have a, a good year ahead of us. I sure hope so. We got a lot of Beatle-related stuff and some oh, Beatle-related yeah. stuff. Um, oh, no. another, another yes. It's going to be another <laughs> yeah. hurting on the wallet this year, I believe. <laughs> right. Come on, everybody. Click those videos. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, last but not least, as we like to say, he spent nearly 40 years. I don't want to age him be, you know, beyond his years nearly 40 years in, in radio biz and uh his Beatles show is called every little thing and he co-hosts a really cool audio podcast things we said today 
Uh, he has his own YouTube channel now, Ken Michaels Radio. That's right. right? Yep. And uh, interviewing a lot of people on there. So anybody, give it up for Ken Michaels. They can. Thank you, Joe. Hi, everybody. Hi to all of our viewers. <laughs> and Happy New Year. You said it. Okay. Uh, tonight's topic, you know, we're going to be talking about a mixtape. What if we had the three McCartney solo albums, as they say? McCartney, which I'm starting to call McCartney One, just to differentiate from mm. the other one. <laughs> McCartney One, McCartney Two, and McCartney Three. And we would take maybe four tracks from each one of those uh, albums and see what we can come up with, like a hybrid kind of thing, uh, whether it's the best of, whether it's, uh, as in my case, not necessarily the best of, but uh, what I think works. Uh, I, really hard to do. I, I, I tried doing it, and I had I had a few rough drafts, and I kept changing them, yep. changing them around, and trying to sequence an album uh, that highlights the best uh, stuff that maybe even stuff that just somehow fits together somehow, some way, uh, even though it might not be necessarily the best, somehow the songs go together and, and complement each other. All right, but of course, you know, before we do any of that, we're going to get to the, the latest news from Ken Michael. So pull up a chair, grab a beer, and uh, relax. <laughs> Listen in. Thank I'll drink Joe. to that. <laughs> drink to me. Drink to, to your news. <laughs> Drink to my news. <laughs> All right. We're going to start with some rather upsetting news, uh, in case you have not heard. Olivia Harrison revealed that she has been hospitalized with COVID-19, but she says she's on the mend. Yesterday, she posted on Instagram, displaying a sense of humor, uh, that she was redesigning the hospital room curtain, and her post showed a curtain tied in a bow. That was the extent of the redesigning that she did. She added the words, gratitude to all the selfless carers. She is right now at an undisclosed hospital in London. Olivia is 72 years old. Let's all keep her in our prayers. Absolutely. Yes. Wish her a speedy recovery. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, something interesting leaked out a few days ago online called George Harrison Cassette Sessions. It's a tape of George on acoustic guitar with excerpts of songs with banter in between. And it certainly appears to be around the time of All Things Must Pass with songs that appeared on George's album. Are there unreleased songs from that time from George like Everybody Nobody, Window Window, Mother Divine, even Paul's Come and Get It, which tells you that the recordings are either from late 1969 or sometime in 1970. It is rumored to be something we might get on the forthcoming All Things Must Pass archival box set. And I just learned, uh, according to Beatle fan, that it was ordered to be taken off the internet mm. from the RIAA. So, that so if any of you had a chance to listen, you got possibly a sneak preview if it does appear on this box set. Maybe that's a good sign that we're going to get it. Well, I think it was a good sign that it was taken down. If it's taken down, I think that's a good sign that it's probably going to be yeah. on the on the I mean, set. Right. Mm -hmm. I'd have to imagine all the stuff on Beware of Ab Abco, the bootleg, has got to be on the box set. Oh, yeah. So, you know, the songs I just mentioned, the unreleased George Harrison songs from that period, you've got him on acoustic guitar working on these, and they're also on Beware of Abco. So, mm -hmm. who knows? Um, very interesting. I listened to it the last couple of days and um, 
I certainly hope that it does appear on the box set. Um, thanks to our friend Fred Velez, who just authored his second book on the monkeys, A Little Bit Me, A Little Bit You Too. He said he caught the Beatles teaser video for the new Get Back film on the Disney Plus channel, mm. which leads you to believe the film will be shown on the channel. The date we've heard for its release still is August, August 27th this year, which we certainly hope will be in movie theaters. Everything is all dependent on COVID-19. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, but um, I could see it being in the movie theaters first and then on the Disney Plus channel. Well, that would be the hope. Then, yeah. yeah. I certainly hope so. You know, the, the footage said at, at the end of it, for what that's worth, in cinemas, I mean, it remains to be seen, but the fact that it said in cinemas at the end of it, mm. uh, I think it said this summer, is that what it said? The general thing in, in, in cinema, cinemas this summer? Uh, but uh, that would mean that at least they're intending maybe to, to do that, whether it happens right. out and works out. Yeah, is right. another story. I definitely want to see that in the theater. Oh, you got to oh, see yes. that on a big screen. Oh, I love it. <laughs> but I, I could actually see them, you know, just counting their losses if the if the pandemic is still bad and then just putting it on Disney Plus and releasing it on home video. Yeah. You can only wait so long. Exactly. Really. You exactly. can't keep delaying it. I mean, they, they delayed the new Bond movie again. You know, I mean, that, that thing's been delayed for a year now. <laughs> So, yeah. Hmm. Yep. You've already got it recorded, you know, yeah. in film, so you right. got to go out. All right. As for the initial success of Paul's latest album, McCartney Three. Remember, we haven't done a show now in three weeks, so some of this may seem like old news. But just to catch up on everything, uh, the album debuted in the United States on the Billboard Top 200 album charts at number two behind Taylor Swift's uh, new album, Evermore. Paul's album has sold 105,000 album equivalent units with 102,000 in actual album sales, making it the best-selling album of the week. And it debuted at number one on the, on the top album sales chart. Now, Ken, is that so the, albums and CDs? I'm sorry. Do the album them? sales chart, um, I'm not sure if that's both. Okay. And half, the, half figure... of those sales are courtesy of Tom and myself. Yes. <laughs> and, and Darren and Alan from the oh, yeah. Today. Yes. I forgot. Um, but it sold 32,000 vinyl copies. Okay. Uh, 53,000 copies on CD. There you go. 18, those 000... are some of mine. <laughs> 18,000 as digital downloads, plus 1,000 copies on cassette. Wow. Reason... That's great. The main reason why it didn't hit number one was yeah, because was... of streaming. Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift did so much better with streaming. Right. McCartney 3 was also the number one album on the vinyl albums chart. Okay, so yeah, on vinyl alone, it ranked number one. Okay. McCartney is also the first artist to have reached the top two album charts in the last six decades from the 70s to the 20s. Mm. And its second week, McCartney 3 dropped all the way down to number 37. Okay. Which isn't that bad. <laughs> I don't usually look at the glasses half full, but uh, I would think it would, would have taken a, a bigger tumble, but it's still in the top 40. Yeah, but we'll talk about this later. I just wish his newer albums had longevity. 
yeah. on the charts, but we'll d- discuss why they don't. Yeah, and not only and, and plus it, the it was a trifecta. So uh, McCartney debuted at number one here in the states. I think uh, two was number three in the states, and then now three is number two in the st- debuted at two. Well, no, the first McCartney album made it to number one. It one, right? Number I, I'm sorry, it, it made it yeah. to one. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, but all three of them were all three uh, top threes as well. So that's, that's a great. That's a great accomplishment. Either yep. way. In addition, McCartney 3 debuted at number one in the UK on their official albums charts. And it was the first time Paul has had a number one album in the UK since Flowers in the Dirt in 1989. In its second week, the album already dropped to number 19. Checking as I did today, the album is now at number 38. This is in the UK. Worldwide, McCartney 3 has made the top 10 in most countries, already topping the charts in Germany and on the Dutch charts. Paul and his wife Nancy have been taking time off vacation and vacationing in St. Bart with pictures surfacing of them enjoying the sun and swimming at the beach there. Now, as of this moment, and I just checked before we started our show, you can catch Paul's concert at the Cavern Club from July 26, 2018, when he was promoting his album Egypt Station. It was recently broadcast on BBC TV. And it was professionally shot. It's rumored to be released on DVD. And uh, I don't know if the three of you saw this yet, but I think for the most part, he was in fine voice for this show. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. The only problems I've had with this concert is that um, when I try to play it, the audio is kind of low. You really got to boost the volume up. Hmm. And also, I kind of feel like the balance, there are times when Paul's vocals are at the same level as the other band members. And I'd like to hear Paul pushed up a bit more so you can hear him more in the mix. But otherwise, it's a really enjoyable show. So look out for it on YouTube, Paul at the Cavern Club. Um, In an interview that Paul gave to NPR, he revealed that he talks to George Harrison through a fir tree that George gave Paul shortly before his death in 2001. Paul planted this tree at his estate in East Sussex, and he has watched it grow in the nearly 20 years since George's death. Paul said on the program, all things considered, George is very into horticulture, a really good gardener. So he gave me a tree as a present. It's a big fir tree, and it's by my gate. As I was leaving my house this morning, I get out of the car, close the gate, look up at the tree and say, hi, George. There he is growing strongly. Paul said he feels George's spirit is present in that tree. And, and I have to say, there were some headlines that I saw about this article that made him sound like, oh, like he's you, getting right. old and senile. Give me a break. I thought that was a beautiful story. I mean, oh, you know, yes. when you read the whole thing, I mean, I, I thought that was a beautiful, touching story. And, you know, shame on the tabloids i mean and mostly the british tabloids sorry anyone who's watching you know and or listening who's from britain but come on i mean i just thought that was that was so offensive it's a beautiful story he is not going senile (laughs) (laughs) period you know it's it's just possible that uh, he's a spiritual person and many of us get more spiritual as we get older. So maybe he believes it. I mean, gardening was a very big part of George's life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Other news, Paul's brother, Michael and his former group, the scaffold have reunited 
to release a new version of their big hit, Thank You Very Much, as a charity single to benefit the NHS, that is the National Health Service in England. And uh, the words were changed to reflect our appreciation of the frontline workers and nurses all tirelessly working while facing this horrible pandemic. You can find their new video under the title, Thank You Very Much for the NHS, and <laughs> U is the letter U. Um, on uh, the YouTube page, there is a link to download the single and to make a charitable contribution. Very nice gesture. Goes very well with that song. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, to kick in the new year at 12 midnight, singer Andra Day sang John's song Imagine as heard on CNN. Andra plays Billie Holiday in a new movie, The United States versus Billie Holiday. The late Chris Cornell covers John Lennon's song Watching the Wheels in an upcoming posthumous album for him called No One uh, Sings Like You Anymore. The album has Chris covering songs from Prince, ELO, Terry Reid, Guns N' Roses, and more. A new lyric video has just been made for Cornell's version of Watching the Wheels. You can stream that album now, and uh, physical copies will be available in March. Speaking of John Lennon covers, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, for David Bowie's would-be 74th birthday on January the 8th, a single was released of David covering John's song, Mother, with the flip side, David's cover of Bob Dylan's song, Trying to Get to Heaven. This is a limited edition seven-inch single. Only 8,147 copies have been made. I wonder why that number if anybody oh, knows. Really specific. The first 1,000 are cream colored. It is supposed to be available for streaming and as a digital download. Bowie recorded Mother for a John Lennon tribute album planned for 1998 that never finalized. And Tony Visconti produced the record. Mm. Um, also, we're going to close with the very sad news on the passing of Jerry Marsden, which happened on January the 3rd. Jerry, of course, was the lead singer of Jerry and the Pacemakers. The group scored many big hits in the 60s, the biggest in the U.S. being Ferry Cross the Mersey mm. and also Don't Let the Sun Catch You Crying. Uh, the group's version of the classic show song, You'll Never Walk Alone, from the musical Carousel, was not only a number one song in the U.K., but became the anthem for the Liverpool Football Club. He had many connections to the Beatles, having been the next act, that Brian Epstein signed following the Fab Four, and George Martin produced their early records. When George Martin wanted the uh, Beatles to record How Do You Do It as their first single, they reluctantly recorded it, but they wanted their original material on the singles instead. George Martin gave in to their request and then offered that song to Jerry and the Pacemakers to record, which became their first number one hit, their first hit, period. In fact, the first three singles that Jerry and the Pacemakers released in the UK all went to number one, something the Beatles didn't even do. The Beatles were friends with Jerry and the band, and there was even one day, October 19th, 1961, when both bands were joined on stage at Littleland Town Hall in Liverpool when they appeared as the Beatmakers. And there are photos you can find of both bands together, even one where they're both posing with Roy Orbison. And in 1989... Yes. Yeah, great photo. Jerry redid the song Ferry Across the Mersey in 1989 as a charity single.
to benefit the victims of the Hillsborough disaster, which happened at a football stadium in which 96 people were crushed to death. And Paul McCartney helped out singing quite a bit in that version, which raised a lot of money for the cause and was a number one record in the UK. Paul issued a statement on Jerry's passing. He said, Jerry was a mate from our early days in Liverpool. He and his group were our biggest rivals on the local scene. His unforgettable performances of You'll Never Walk Alone and Ferry Across the Mersey remain in many people's hearts as reminders of a joyful time in British music. My sympathies go to his wife, Pauline, and family. See you, Jerry. I'll always remember you with a smile. Jerry Marsden died after a short illness following a heart infection. Mm -hmm. And Ringo Starr sent out his statement, God bless Jerry Marsden, peace and love to all his family. Yeah. So, Sad. yeah, I, you know, I really uh, enjoy his bit when in the complete Beatles, when he's, um, he's talking yeah. about, uh, was it Skiffle, <laughs> you know, and he playing a little bit about it. I mean, that's, that was my first introduction to, to, to Jerry, as a matter Which of fact. It was all sort of achy dachy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always remember, I always think of that when I think of Jerry Morrison, whatever mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I remember seeing him and, and meeting him in, in 2000 at the 2007 Chicago Fest. And uh, oh, wow. he yeah, he uh, first performed um, kind of a, an unplugged, I guess I'd call it a session there, just him and the guitar. Um, and he talked about, you know, writing um, some of the songs uh, and hearing him just sit there and just play the guitar and sing ferry cross hmm. the mersey don't let the sun catch you crying uh that's probably one of my top five uh favorite moments ever um wow. from the fest it, it was it was so touching and somebody took some video of it um you can find it on uh, on youtube if you search hmm. for it cool. uh and he was an incredible voice and uh, and I got to meet him. Um, he uh, took a pic, uh, and I'm trying to find it. I'm going to hopefully I'll oh, find it. Uh, and I'll, I'll post it on uh, on our uh, talk more talk. Queen page. of all meetings. Yeah, yes. queen of all meetings. <laughs> exactly. Couldn't have been. <laughs> couldn't have been nicer. He was just the just a, a real gentleman, and um, I'm I just so lucky I got to meet him, and I I just feel so fortunate I got to see him perform in, in that kind of setting and and as yeah. i said it was like an unplugged concert yeah. um and uh and what a what a singer what a songwriter and you know and it's also another piece of beatles history uh, yeah I, well. yeah and yeah. I, I got to see jerry too at a beatle fest but i i don't remember the year it was much earlier than that though uh he must have been there in the be, 90s maybe it could be, be 1990 yeah i was there it, it was pretty early um yeah and i it was in uh, new jersey Right. And I remember him, you know, uh, performing and uh, doing, you know, talking. I, talk, I went there for his talk. I uh, regret that I didn't, uh, for whatever reason, didn't talk to him or get an autograph. I would have liked to do, have done that. Sure. Well, if it was 1990, there was a panel discussion at Beetlefest, <laughs> and I was on it with Jerry Marsden. And oh, I would yeah? give anything to get a video or audio of that, you know. And I think mm -hmm. Al Sussman was on the panel with me. Mm. if i'm not mistaken but um yeah i would have given anything to see him at uh, the chicago fest yeah. and know? in fact shout out to al because he was standing in line 
waiting to get an autograph with me, um, Susan Ryan, who uh -huh. many, we all know and many probably in the audience know, uh, and another good friend of ours, Tina Kukla. And we were all really excited to meet Jerry and I think embarrassed the hell out of Al because we were all <laughs> just like, oh my God, we're you know, I mean, we were all a little overexcited, and uh, and I think Al was like, I don't know these women, get and then, like backing out the door. Well, this is always exciting. What can I say? Yeah, well, you know, those records are still magical, they and are. I love the sound of his voice great singing voice. You know, whether you're talking about Ferry Cross the Mersey or Don't Let the Sun Catch You Crying, I posted I'll Be There, which was a, a top 20 hit for him a little bit later on and that was a bobby darren song which he did a great job on yeah. and i like their version of of how do you do it yes as well. yeah, it's not bad yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so cool. very sad but time marches on Indeed. and that's uh that's all the news we've got wow so did we want to discuss anything about the charts real quickly about paul and uh a little bit about how uh, when you get like a number one record and whatnot, how it used to be compared to how it is now and what, what is involved these days? Well, things are just very different these days on the charts. And I wanted to bring up something here on this show because I know that with all the different releases of McCartney 3 on vinyl, all the colored vinyl, all the colored CD, you know, a lot of people are going online with either YouTube channels or podcasts and talking about McCartney 3 as though you know, this is not a legitimate success or that Egypt Station was not a legitimate number one record. And you got to realize that things are just very different these days in the way they used to be in the earlier days when we had something which nobody seems to be talking about when this controversy is brought up. It's something called radio. <laughs> you know, radio is the reason why we're all here. Radio is what broke most of the records that we've listened to. And the Beatles wouldn't be the names that they are if it wasn't for the radio. It's just the way it is. Nothing happened for the Beatles until they, they broke on the BBC and that led to the world, conquering the world. But, you know, every record, almost every record in my collection is from uh, something that I heard on the radio or an artist that I became familiar with and became a fan of on the radio. And as I've said before on this show, and I don't want to belabor this point too much, but, you know, radio is a business and most of the people who buy music are young. It's a younger demographic. And at the time when the solo Beatles were doing really well in the 70s and the 80s, their music was played on the radio and played to a younger demographic. As they'd gotten older, like all other aging, iconic rock stars, their airplay diminishes, regardless of how good or bad the music is because the people who program radio feel that their audience is not gonna care about an artist who's 50, 60, 70 years old. So what's happened in recent years is that, you know, the, the hardcore fans, the most loyal fans of all these artists, when I'm talking about Paul, I'm talking about Bob Dylan, the Rolling Stones, the Who, Eric Clapton, Rod Stewart, you know, all the greats. Um, when they put out a brand new album, it debuts high because all their fans know about it. And then it drops off the charts like a stone, like a sinking stone. And Egypt like Station. Like a rolling stone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, Egypt Station was like most albums, 
uh, from a veteran artist that debuted at number one. It was off the charts after four weeks. I'm talking about the top 200, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's mainly because radio doesn't play it. And more importantly, they don't play it to young people who buy the music. So if you don't have that support system out there, what is an artist like Paul and all these other veterans that I mentioned, what are they supposed to do if they care about their record and they want it to chart high or debut high? So to put out all these different versions on vinyl and CD, well, that's one way of having a higher placement. Doesn't guarantee you're gonna have a number one. There is no guarantee, especially when you're competing against younger artists and for the most part, you've got the younger demographic out there buying younger, younger artists out there, like Taylor Swift. Um, so Paul has been doing this now, and it's helped him chart high, uh, but McCartney 3 did not debut at number one. There are some people who think, well, you know, why can't it just get there on its own merits? If you don't have radio, what else can Paul do? He can give interviews, which he's been very generous with most of the people who actually listen to them or watch them are people like us they're guaranteed fans you know it's like preaching to the choir you've got to be able to target yourself to a young audience that's going to be interested hopefully interested in paul mccartney the only way they will ever be interested in an artist like paul or these older artists is if they're exposed to the music if they're not exposed to it it's not going to sell regardless of how good it is I've said a number of times here, if Paul released Band on the Run today, it wouldn't really be the, the blockbuster album that it was. It's all because of radio. So if, if Paul does the interviews, which are fine, he makes videos, which are fine. He can't tour at the moment. And even when he toured, that only affected his sales somewhat. Okay. You still have to have a way of getting to young people and having them hear that music. Otherwise, you're gonna, if you're lucky, you'll have a high chart placement in the beginning and the album will just quickly die. And that's what's happened with Paul. It happened with Bob Dylan's last album, which was hailed as a great album. Debuted at number two. Was off the charts in four weeks, I think. Oh, yeah. uh, the Who. I mean, The Who released an album the end of 2019. It was their first album in 13 years. And it went to number two. It was off the charts in a month, maybe a little bit longer. And this is the who, <laughs> you know, we're talking about, you know, the greatest of, of these rock artists and pop artists. So, you know, instead of people complaining that Paul's doing all these things, why don't you complain about radio not playing him or all these other artists? It's really sad. I mean, that's the reason why these albums die a quick death. And so, Believe me, when Egypt Station debuted at number one, I was probably happier than Paul <laughs> at that moment <laughs> because he found a way of beating the system. You know, if radio is not going to play you, how are you going to get a high chart placement? And it worked for him for that album. Uh, one of our viewers, uh, Matt Smith, the, the loyal viewer. Hi, Matt. Says Prince, you 2 and others have been doing stuff like that for years, giving free uh -huh. CDs if you buy a concert ticket. Right. Uh, you know, it's nothing new. Absolutely. I mean, no, Prince, Prince started the whole trend mm -hmm. and that was in 2004. And when you think about it, Paul didn't even do that until Egypt Station, 2018. He could have done that with all of his albums in between there. 
mm-hmm. he, he didn't he didn't use that practice at all and you know his albums charted okay you know they went top 10 but they didn't stay on the charts that long and yep. they're not going to stay on the charts that long i care mm-hmm. more myself about longevity i'd rather have an album peak at number five and stay on the charts for a year right. than have an album debut at number one and be off the charts in a month yeah. but it's all because of radio yeah. you know and it's just the nature of the beast the way that radio works you know in this country and in the world you know something kit you turned me on to a, a podcast show nothing is real yeah. which uh i listened to recently they did a three-part series on the beatles anthology and in the last one they were talking about and i'd forgotten about this when free as a bird was released as a single and real love and the bbc didn't want to play it wow because they felt that the Beatles audience is too old. And this is the bleeping Beatles. <laughs> you know? That's what we're dealing with here when it comes wow. to new releases from veteran artists. Yeah, there was a time when a thousand you sold a thousand, a hundred thousand copies, you'd might crack the top 20 if you were lucky. You know, mm. 70s and 80s, you know, that was, you know, I mean, and then artists would do that on a repeat basis. You know, I mean, remember the, uh, <clears throat> you know, like um, Def Leppard's big um, album in the uh, what was the late 80s hysteria, I think it was called. Yeah, right. I mean, that thing was selling 200 to 300, 300,000 copies a week. Right. You know, for months. Yeah. <laughs> well, yep. nowadays, yeah. streaming is such a big yeah. part of it all. Yeah. No, I've heard that there are cases where there are artists who only sell a thousand physical copies of their album, but everything else is all streaming and they could have a number one album. That's how crazy yeah. it is yeah. right Which now. I've never personally, I mean, I've always, I always go for, you know, buying the physical music and having it, you know, as much to just streaming it, you know, but that's how it goes today. I know, but it uh, doesn't cut much slack uh, mustard with me. And streaming, you know, artists don't make that much money from streaming. I forget what I, I read figures somewhere pennies. like, yeah, yeah, on the dollar, I think, yeah. yeah. This should really be a whole show, I think, because there's a lot of other things I'm thinking of, the places to go that we could discuss with this. But yeah. we don't want to do the whole show about it. No, but, no, but, right. but yeah, but, but I, I, guess I, like, I was thinking of a lot of things too. Uh, yeah, we should do a separate show on this and, and maybe, you yeah. know, maybe bring in somebody too. Right. Because, but I just think it is important that, that we talk about it because, you know, we have seen so many comments on, on this, um, right. on Facebook and, and all. And I just think, uh, yeah, I think it's worth talking about because, yeah, I mean, I, you know, the old Paul is, as you said, just trying to artificially inflate his sales right. numbers and everything and it's just this it's a different world i mean I don't you know think, uh, this is going to keep us talking about this mm-hmm. but I don't think the question was really addressed like um i'm being i'm playing devil's advocate here with mm-hmm. him, by the way mm-hmm. um yep. if it is indeed quote a fake number one as, as, as some would call it um is, is that answered we, we've answered why an artist like paul or somebody has to do it to get a number one Having, you know, justified all that, then the question is, well, is it really a number one on its own merit of the music? You know, and I think that's the question people are asking. I, having yeah. fallen in love with this album myself, I don't worry about it. I don't sweat it because I'm like, hey, you know, this. I like this album a lot. And I think it has uh, the ability to, if they would have played it enough, to be number one all on its own just based on the quality of it. 
Yep. So I think it's got the staying power. I, I think it's that good. But you know, um, this whole subject about on its own merit, the charts are important. I always bring up the charts because they reflect how the public feels when they're exposed to the music. Do they like it or not? And to a young audience, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the best music by that artist. I mean, Wings at the Speed of Sound holds the record for being number one more than any other Paul McCartney or Wings album after the Beatles. Seven weeks at number one. I wouldn't call that the best album of Paul's, you know, post-Beatles career. And there's plenty of albums that he's made from the 80s on up that deserve to sell far better to me. And and Ken, that's got to be. I mean, you're around close to the same age as me. I'm thinking that's got to be because I remember 1976 being... Ball and wings all over the radio, just wings right. all over the radio with Let Em In and Silly Love Songs sure. all over the place. Constantly. Right. And then this album doesn't have a chart for, or doesn't have the single to carry it to continue to, for the album to can you continue to sell. Which well, is it's, yeah. the main thing is that you've got to have at least a song being pitched right. to a young audience. And if that doesn't happen, you're not going to have any longevity. And uh, I'll be curious to see a month from now if this album is still on the charts. I want it to be. I hope so. You know, if any radio I mean, station's playing anything from it, they usually play it for a week or two and that's it. Yeah. I mean, the songs really only, I mean, these songs are only really being played on state radio shows like yours, Ken, and, you know, mm. Breakfast with the Beatles and yeah. Fab, the Four Beatles radio, <laughs> Fab Four Radio. Fab Four Radio. Yep. Yep. So um, that's just, you know, how I feel. Of course, you could always debate whether or not you think radio is as important as it used to be. That's a whole other show. Yeah. But the number one way, the number one way this music got across and sold was through radio. And without that support system, what are veteran artists like Paul supposed to do if they care and they want their albums to do well? And you know, buy them all himself. (laughs) (laughs) Buy like. Two million copies itself. Then he could be number one. No problem. So, some people Stay say here. the charts don't matter to them, but you know what? They're always going to be on record with those charts. It's mm-hmm. a matter of history, and it stays in history. How many times have you heard the Beatles had 20 number one singles? That's a proud thing to say. We'll always be able to say that. And all the chart facts of the group and the solo, that's forever. That's not going away. So however high these albums chart, you know, the higher it is, the happier I am, you know, (laughs) we should be rooting for someone like Paul. Yeah. On that note, let's move on to our main main topic. Okay. All right. So Uh, we're going to now go through our favorite. I keep saying favorite, but not necessarily whatever it is. The ones you picked, we all picked for uh, our, our choices to be on a, Another Paul McCartney album, if you're going to just make one album with selected tracks from the three, McCartney, McCartney 2, and McCartney 3. Uh, the way I, I, I was thinking of presenting it, and uh, if, if you want to do it another way, that's fine too, but I thought maybe we could go around and do just like uh, what is, if we had a vinyl record and you put side one on, you put the needle on, what would be side one? And maybe you know, six tracks you figure on side one six tracks on side two. I mean, it's not an exact science. Sometimes maybe it wouldn't work out because the length of the, the song sometimes would be too too long, but we're not going to get overly concerned with that. So 
Uh, let's go. Uh, who's going to go first here and give us their uh, side one? Uh, Kit, <laughs> I choose you. <laughs> okay. Well, let me uh, let me open up my notes here. Here we go. Um, okay. So yeah. So what what we're doing, and and you guys can play along out there. But we want you to play along. Is we're picking. We're each picking four songs from uh, each of the McCartney albums. Just you know, McCartney one through three. And um, and making one McCartney album out of it. So uh, and and boy, this was this was hard to do. Um, so I you know came up with some kind of criteria. You know I wanted on each side like wanted a like wanted a hit. You know wanted a single, wanted at least one weird track uh, because <laughs> this is <laughs> this is McCartney we're talking about here. Hmm. Uh, wanted a rocker. Got to have that. You got to have some ballads. Um, you know, and then wanted kind of a home, you know, homey sounding kind of track, like, you know, that the, you know, a little bit country sounding, I mean, you know, that, that, that sort of, uh, um, well, DIY kind of indie mm-hmm. sound, I guess is what I'm looking for. So, and, and, uh, so yeah, those were the, the criteria. So, uh, so side one, um, start with, uh, long tail winter bird. Uh, I love the way this started. McCartney three and I just thought this was a great way to kick off um, an album you know really grabs your interest what right away and you know this is the a typical Paul McCartney album this is going to be one of his experimental uh, kind of ones um, next coming up you know let's let's hit him with a, a upbeat single coming out of that um, okay. and of course since we're drawing from the albums, this is the album version, not the live version. Right. Um, even though I do like the live version a little better, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. Um, coming up uh, after that is, no pun intended, is uh, Waterfalls. Uh, because, you know, we, we have to get a ballad in there and it does have kind of, you know, it flows out of coming up nicely because it's the same sort of sound, you know. Um, and then moving on to there, uh, from there is, uh, that would be something is I didn't want it to be too jarring after waterfalls to go into like a big hard rocker. Always love that track, uh, off of McCartney. It's a you know, little bluesy, you know, always, always like that. And then because it's a little bluesy, we can go into sliding. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, as I, love that track as i said you gotta get a real rocker in there um and so that's uh you know that's a great one and finally here comes weird track number one uh temporary secretary what can you do i mean you have (laughs) to get temporary secretary in there somewhere Uh and so i thought that'd be kind of a fun way to to end side one with Hmm. with something one of the eccentric leaving people Uh, completely Mentally confused. <laughs> what did I just hear? Right? <laughs> you know, just just to leave them with a huh kind of trap. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. no. so, uh, so that that would be my my side one. Very so. interesting. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Ken. Okay, sure. Ken. How about you? Okay, uh, this was far more difficult to do than I realized. Yes. <laughs> I agree. I, I went through several yeah, because... drafts. I'll drink to that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, what I wanted to do was I, I had to make sure that there were certain songs that were musts. Uh, 
if a song was a hit, you had to put it in there, no matter what. And I wanted there to be some favorites of mine, but I also wanted a few quirky numbers in there. Not only that, if you if you take a look at all three albums, there's quite a lot of instrumentals. Mm-hmm. I think there's six. So I figured you got to have one or two to represent yep. the three yep. albums there. So I thought I would start with the studio version of Coming Up because start start off the album with a song that everybody knows. Catchy as hell, you know, how can you not be suckered right into the album if, if it's a song like that? Then um, I thought every night would work very well out of Coming Up. Just hearing it in my head. Mm. Although I've mixed all these songs together so many times on my radio show, it all flows anyway. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think every night would work really well out of, out of Coming Up. Follow that with Find My Way. Um, I think those are three killer songs, you know, to start off uh, the album. So damn catchy, you know, and I really wanted it to be one song at a time from each of the three. I didn't want to have two songs in a row from the same album. Um, and then after Find My Way, uh, Temporary Secretary was in there. There's no way I couldn't have had that. It's it's right. um, it's such a catchy song. And at the same time, it's very quirky and up until that point, we hadn't heard anything like that from Paul, you know, except what's on McCartney, too, and, and the weird stuff like, uh, you know, Secret Friend and Check My Machine and that kind of stuff. And then you'll love this. I followed that with Karina Kroor <laughs> um, because yeah. I wanted there to be an instrumental and I wanted there to be something really experimental. Karina Kroor is a song that's grown on me a lot through the years, as I've said here on this show. And I love the fact that it's just a very spontaneous feeling track. You know, he's making it up as he goes and there's nothing else like that. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, he carried on that kind of a feeling with like, uh, you know, the firemen, because a lot of what was on Electric Arguments is what they created from scratch in the studio each day. You know, that kind of thing. I get that vibe from Krina Kroor, you know, mm. and then I thought I would end side one with Seize the Day. Mm. Just a great song, you know, mm. <laughs> very catchy. And I just lo- love the way it ends. And, um, you know, people keep saying it's the Beatle track on uh, McCartney 3. I understand a bit, you know, as we said in our last show, there's um, there's a part in the song where you've got these descending chords and it reminds you of Hello Goodbye in, in that regard. But um, no, I, I think that would be a great song to close side one. So that's what I went with. All right, Ken. Good job. Okay, now, Thomas, and I know you agree with Karina Crory. I do. However, <laughs> I want a death in the path. <laughs> so uh, for this, um, if there's one thing I, I would say first off is I think Paul McCartney is one of the most underrated guitar players in the history of rock and roll. Therefore, with this, I wanted this to be a more guitar driven album, whether it was acoustic or electric, didn't matter, just as long as, as he was strumming some kind of guitar, <laughs> didn't matter. So, and then I also wanted a, a you know, a little touch of, of experimental, which, you know, you can't, you can't help to do because of, you know, uh, McCartney too. But uh, I really wanted to highlight his guitar playing on this album. And I think 
you know, there's some, some great tracks on here that, that do that. And um, I started like Kit. I mean, I just, you know, the, the way long tail winter bird opens in three, I just, uh, I'm just finding to be, I'm just really falling in love with that. So um, I, I, I chose that as my, uh, my lead off. I went that way. Then I went into a, a bluesy number. I went with on the way from, mm -hmm. from two, mm. because, you know, again, it's, it's showing him as, as the guitar player. Um, yeah. After that, I, I followed with um, a, a softer acoustic number junk. I've always loved that one. And I felt that that was uh, a must for me. Like Ken, you said there, you had to have some must and that was definitely mm. a must for me. Um, then I went with uh, Find My Way, uh, number four. Uh, again, that, that coda at the end, just, I mean, he's just really ripping that guitar at then during that last minute and just amazing, amazing highlight for me on this record. It's still my favorite song on the record. Um, then we slowed it down a little bit. We went with uh, One of These Days um, for, for my fifth song. Again, it's not the, the biggest, I mean, it's just him strumming acoustic, I know, but um, I wanted to kind of equal it out between the, the albums and you know he's just more of acoustic on this one it doesn't really showcase how good he is on acoustic guitar but he still you know he still plays really fine on on that track um and then i closed um side a with uh, with the hit coming up um i just thought that was just a good way to uh to close an album just with uh you know i know you, well who chose the temporary secretary to close did someone choose yeah it was you so <laughs> i thought i mean it would be fun to, to, to close with the hit and get people excited for uh for side b you know tom we're so used to that being an opener but when you think about it first you know you raise your eyebrows hmm, coming mm. up as the end but then you think the way the song ends right almost is perfect you hear it in your head <laughs> As an uh, side one closer, yeah, cool. All right, so All right, very hit good. us, Joe. Yep. Okay, yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me tell you what I would try to do. See, anybody who knows me from my channel, I'm a very mainstream kind of guy to a degree. I mean, I like offbeat stuff too, but I like hits, commercial songs a lot, you know. But I figured I'm gonna try to avoid a lot of that. So there's some stuff that you might think should be on here that's not on my list. And also what I wanted to do was, even though I am the first fan of Linda McCartney and her harmonies, I love, I love what she brought to Wings. I think of, she's an integral part of Wings. Wings is, is Linda yeah. in a lot of ways. You know? uh, but I wanted to try to just have this album, just really just Paul. You know what I mean? This is all Paul. And I cut out like stuff like sliding or something that would have somebody else on it, like uh, Abe, Abe is on uh, and uh, Rusty, Rusty right? Right. So I thought, now correct me if I'm wrong in any of these choices. If I if Linda, Linda is on any of these, and I, I made a mistake or another another uh, player. Okay, to start with, I went with a song you might have heard of. It's called "Long Tailed Winter Bird." <laughs> hey, Linda's and on that know, one, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think because McCartney 3 is still brand new. I mean, I can't get that. I love that opening. And again, like Tom said to showcase the guitar, excellent guitar playing, arguably underrated by, uh, by Paul. Um, I, I really love that opening right now. Is why I'm so into it that I said, no, I got to start it with that. So that's how I am today. Second, I went into Every Night, you know, um, beautiful song. And I thought it, it's fitting for the first real vocal on the album that you get from Paul. 
uh, where he's actually you know singing something. Hmm. Um, now I'm trying to remember. Uh, okay, now I, I was trying to think of the, the sequencing of every night on McCartney. It's not the second song. Every night um, is number four. Right, because <laughs> uh, I noticed that in some cases, you find that when you're doing lists like this, you're so used to hearing certain songs of the second song, right. the last you song, the first song, way. so you almost, yeah. you can't almost, you can't help but put it there sometimes. Huh. So okay. next one, number three, I went for On The Way, uh, also because of the guitar, blues sound to it. Uh, I've always liked that song from way back when I, I first heard McCartney too, and I wanted to put that on there. Um, number four, this is the first time someone's mentioned this so far. I went with Ooh You hey, McCartney cool. because uh, it's just a fun, uh, rocky kind of song. Uh, I just thought it fit good there after something a little more laid back, like a little bit like on the way. Now, one of my favorite instrumentals, and I watched a show. Oh, I forget his name. I'm sorry. Sam, was it? No, it wasn't Sam. It was the other. Help me, Tom. Uh, person, the long hair guy that was on your show. Oh, What's Dylan. 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 Yeah. Dylan. <laughs> I think he may. I'm going to spoil this for somebody. Frozen Jap. Mm. I think Ooh. he picked that. I yeah. absolutely love that. So I love how it sounds Asian. It has that, you know, crystal, crystalline Fuji kind of sound. Yeah. He, was, he said he was going to kind of think in a calling it. Um, I just love that. It's quirky, you know, uh, instrumental, experimental. Always like that, and I really like the long version. Once I heard the longer version, yeah. Uh, but we'll stick with the regular one for this. <laughs> now, uh, someone had good taste here on this, uh, this this panel. I picked as the last song of side one, "Seize the Day," <laughs> uh, <laughs> with its beautiful harmonies. On the rest of our, you know, side twos. It might make it. Yeah. Never day. I do think it sounds beatly. I guess in that high part, the uh, falsetto we part, when he sings higher like that. Like that's the part that sounds uh, beatly to me. And what uh, Ken was saying about similarities to maybe "Hello Goodbye" or something like that. Mm -hmm. Sending forward. So that's my side one. Now we're going to go to side two. Cool. I think I'm going to go right to you, Tom. You okay. To go first. Thank you very much, Mr. Mayo. And uh, as we flip over my LP of McCartney, uh, we're going to start with the, the, the rocker. We're going to start with Lavatory Lil. Uh, again, just really, you know, like that one a lot. And I think it, 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 it's really cool as a, as a side two opener. Um, then we move along and we slow it down a little bit with for one of my favorite instrumentals, and that's uh, Mama Miss America. And, um, you know, he plays some really good electric guitar there on that second half of, of, of that um, of that instrumental and some great bass playing, you know, on the first half, but uh, just an all around pretty good uh, instrumental in, in, in my opinion. Uh, track three, then we get, um, you know, just just the really little acoustic on this because of the, the craziness that's going on in the song and that's uh, you can't. You know, I think it was you, Ken, that you just can't ignore this or kid. I, mean, I can't remember what the temporary secretary. I mean, it's, mm. you can't, <laughs> you know, it's it's a mesmerizing track. Um, even when I first heard it, I didn't care for it, but I still, you know, was still in my planet in my brain, <laughs> you know, <it's> just, <laughs> you know, so in, in time, I've, I've come to really love the track. Um, 
my favorite instrumental of all time um i got on here this was a must um because it's got some great guitar playing from paul is uh sing along junk uh just a just beautiful beautiful job done by paul with piano and and guitar on that um uh track five we go with the 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 mega should have been or i should say should have been mega hit maybe i'm amazed from 1970 mm. and then you know there's nothing else you can say about that song, really. Um, and then we close with um, the way McCartney three closes, because I just think that's perfect. <laughs> that's, uh, you know, when uh, winter bird and when winter comes, um, just, you know, like you said, Kit, like that homey feeling that home, you know, down on the farm, you know, kind of feeling, you know, and that's that's what I get when I hear this, you know, when I get when I hear the song. So that is um, I think both sides were roughly 20 two to 23 minutes so i thought that was it was even evened out pretty good as to uh you know as two sides of an lp so um pretty happy with mine i, I listened to it earlier today i put it on a you know my, my windows or whatever i just you know moved all the songs over and i kind of liked it and um you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna play it a little while longer see how see how it uh holds up but uh, but that's my lp okay. is there any chance that paul doing temporary secretary live helped you to appreciate it a bit more did that no by the no wait part? no I, I already i was already in love with the song before he started doing it live okay i tell you i you like know. i really like temporary secretary but i didn't think it, it, it translated well live hmm. Hmm. Interesting. i didn't think it came off well Okay. I don't know. I was just so happy to hear him do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, you know how we say, something, any, give us something different, anything different. Yes, Put right. something obscure right. out of there, you know. Yeah. Although it was a hit, right? It was a temporary. Well, secretary. it was a, it was a single in the UK, but I mean, it wasn't necessarily a hit. It was, it was like a club hit. Yeah. It was, a 12, right. it was a 12 inch, yeah. 12 inch single okay. with Secret Friend, I think, on the B side. Secret Friend. The less said about Secret Friend, the better. <laughs> One of don't my least you, favorite Paul songs. Well, we don't that you show. like Check My Machine, though? I love Check My Machine, yes. And yet you're more conservative mainstream. <laughs> like, <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, that just goes to show you, you know, a lot of people, I'm, I'm debunking that, too, because I do like a lot of odd things. Yeah. You never okay. know. Lunchbox, Odd Socks. I mean, I like a lot yeah. of them. Nobody of, knows. I love that, too. Yeah, nobody <laughs> knows. Exactly. That, that make it? Okay. All right, so next up, we're going to do, have a, um, blah, 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 let's see. Okay, uh, why don't you go next? Okay, well, um, following the, for the criteria I mentioned earlier, so side two, um, maybe I'm amazed. I mean, you have wow. to, you have to. I, and I just uh, thought it'd be a great way to, to you know, kick it off um, with uh, just those, you know, powerful vocals. What, what can you say about maybe I'm amazed, right? Um, then I thought to kind of keep with that, I don't know, his kind of bluesier sort of vocals um, on the way. A number of number of you have mentioned that. And, and wow. I, I've kind of forgotten what a great song that is. I mean, I, I knew the main tracks I wanted to pick from uh, McCartney, too. But when I listened, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love the echoey vocal effect on it. Too. I do, too. Yeah. I mean, I'd forgotten how good that is. And uh, so, yeah. So I thought that'd be kind of a nice, uh, nice compliment. Um, 
then um, thought to, to build up to the, the crescendo at the end. I, I have plans here. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, we're going we're gonna to bring it down here and, and go with, uh, with uh, junk. I had to put junk in here somewhere. I do. Okay. I do love that. Um, you know, such a just beautiful medley, and you get you know get a bit of a slow number in here. Uh, then um, to start building it back up again um, every night. I knew I wanted to get this in. Uh, this in as well. Um, and uh, finally, or uh, not finally, we're getting toward the end here. Winter bird when winter comes <laughs> we get a reprise kind of uh and then but also you get that great homey uh sound and then i knew i wanted to end it with deep deep feeling oh, i wanted that yeah. to be the play out i mean you know i just thought that'd be a great way to to end the whole album i mean to just have it go in the new interesting fade out yeah, I, I knew as soon as we decided on this topic, I knew that's I wanted it to be the very last song on mm. on the whole album. Well, so, what happened to Deep Down? What happened? You like you that? know, yeah. I, I I was thinking about it, and I <laughs> yeah. I was trying to get it to fit in there, and and I you know I I that was a hard one to cut, but mm. then I thought ah uh, you know it might be a little too repetitive of some of the other tracks, but yeah that killed me, but. I, I had to cut it, you know, but it's a runner up. It's a runner up. <laughs> That's a bonus track. Yes. It's a bonus track. <laughs> a, a, a hidden track. A hidden track. Uh, the, ja the Japanese CD. Yeah, that's right. Fiddles. The special edition. The special edition. The special O'Toole edition. edition. The O'Toole uh, edition. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ken, you're up. What's up? Okay. I'm very pleased, Joe. That you mentioned Frozen Jap because I have that leading offside too. <laughs> I love wow. it as an instrumental. Yeah. I, I like the instrumentation behind it. I love Paul's drumming. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just rock solid. Whatever the song needs, it's just just what it needs. <laughs> it plays exactly what's required of the song. And I love the sound of the drums on it. And um, it's always been one of my favorite instrumentals from him. So it's kind of unusual to start off side two with that, but I did want a couple of instrumentals on this album. Mm. Uh, my, my, um, my DIY album here of the three albums. And then kind of like all of you, I think I put junk in there as well. Mm. Junk is just such a gorgeous melody. It mm. really is. And um, you know, the sound of Paul's voice so perfect with the acoustic and uh, you know, Love the way the song ends with the descending notes on the bass. You know, um, I love it. You know, it's got to be included. And then I had to put in Women and Wives. Hmm. You know, it's that's a song that I, I really feel is one of the best songs on McCartney 3. And what really sealed the deal for me was in watching Joe's video um, that he posted recently. He actually sang. No, women and wives at the very beginning of Wait. it and you haven't lived <laughs> until you've heard joe saying women and wives oh no you're kidding i put it <laughs> over the edge for you Amy, women, <laughs> i mean it, it, if it's got if it's got your vote of approval there if, it, oh, if I, you it's, love it and it's, it's, Ken, it's it got is my be favorite song now it, I, it could change presently it's my favorite song on there. and i think 
right now, I'll go on record as saying I think it's the closest to being what I might call actually a McCartney classic. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. It's too soon <laughs> to call anything a classic. Oh, yeah. It takes some That's time. That's why, you but... know, in the running as a possible yeah. McCartney classic. It's got a, a bit of a spiritual feel to me. Yeah, that's what I that's what I think. I love the sound of his voice. It's a lower range, but it works so well mm. in that particular song. Um, yeah, really enjoy it. And then one that I know none of you are going to vote for <laughs> is bogey music. Mm. I love bogey music. Yeah. It's it's unusual. It's really eccentric. That's part of the you know the songs like check my machine and secret friend and temporary secretary it's a song i always play on my show when it's halloween time bogey <laughs> bogey man and all that <laughs> and uh you know and i love all the echo that he puts on his voice kind of like what what you were saying tom with on the way yeah um you know i like quirky i like when when it's Paul just Bishop fun outrageous fun yeah i like yeah. it and it doesn't need to be anything more than that that has value just like that you know, and then you have to put in maybe I'm amazed. Do I really need to explain why? One of the greatest mm-hmm. songs in his in his career, and just like you, Kit, I had a close with deep, deep feeling. Wow! Yeah, you know? yeah. There so you I go. really, in Isn't a way, perfect, perfect yeah. album closer. Just like the first McCartney album, the next to last song was Maybe I'm Amazed, and then you had Karina Core, something really wild and very experimental yeah. like that. I wanted this album to be the same way. Yep. I've seen a lot of people on, you know, throughout the, the Facebook land really praise this and say it's their favorite song on their on yeah. the album. Yep. A lot of people. Good. I appreciate it's- it a lot more. That's, and that's a the first impression video that I did is a great example of how you can change your opinion. That's things. the fun that's, of half the, the reason that's, why that's, I like doing them. You that's know, the fun not, of them. You know, it's not my my final word when I do that. However, yeah. I, I really, really, really hated that song when I first listen. Now I like the song. It grows it's on me. It's go. not my favorite, but I, but I do appreciate it. And you do have to really listen. You know, give it a chance to wash over you, kind of thing. You, you can't just like, <laughs> you <laughs> know, <laughs> this has different layers and moods and directions. Yes, it, goes in. it does. And Hypnotic. stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I appreciate yeah. it now. Like I said, <laughs> I, I'm very much into something like counter melody, and there's several of them going on at the same time in that song. And to me, you know, that means he's putting a lot of work into the composition. And there's all these different sounds on there. And, you know, I love when Paul takes chances like that. Mm-hmm. Of course, it requires more out of you because it's a long track. Yes. And for a while, it, it took me a while to really like it. But when I when I did, I got really hooked yeah. onto it. So, got me yeah. hooked. Got me hooked. It didn't get you into that song too much, huh? Okay. No. Hey, and you've got <laughs> where has the time gone? <laughs> <laughs> let me go. Let me try to go right into mine and forget about it. <laughs> All right. Um, here's my my uh, side two. Now remember. Um, I was trying to eliminate a lot of the hits and things I would ordinarily pick. And if Linda was on, so I, I'll tell you, maybe I'm amazed is not on mine, even though I think it's the, the best song of the three albums. And I think yeah. it's maybe the best song Paul ever wrote, although that's hard to narrow it down to one. It's one of them for sure. All right. So side two starts out with find my way. Uh, that's my concession 
one concession to like a pop, maybe single worthy material. I, I still think it would be so cool to put that out as a single. And actually, as much as I like the part where it's as a false ending and comes yeah. back, I would yeah. like the single Perfect. just to not have it come back. That's exclusive to the album. The single mm. stops. Just where stops. It is. <laughs> and actually, oh. actually, when you listen to it, it, it can end there. I mean, it is a suitable ending. But yeah. that code is so good. Yeah. Oh, no, it is. But I'm saying because that's it. it I, I can't think offhand of other examples. Like, look at, uh, there, I know there were songs like that on albums that the longer version is, is on and the shorter version is a single. Right, um, right. But anyway, uh, number two, I went with Junk. Uh, you know, beautiful vocal. What else can you say? Especially where other people have covered it already. Uh, you know, beautiful vocal there. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's funny because we were just talking about how great Ken and I, we, we feel Women and Wives is. And I put that right after Junk. And so, so did I, right? Yeah. You're right. You yeah. Okay. All right. And at Pretty first nice. I thought, wow, when people listen to that, aren't they going to like be a little thrown by the jarring difference in the vocals? But Hmm. I've come to love that vocal and, uh, you know, the dark, brooding feel to it, somber, mm -hmm. piano, ballad. I really, I really like that. I think his voice is perfect like that for it. Right. Um, it so I had to put that on. That's, as I said, that's my favorite song at the moment from McCartney 3. Number four. Okay. I went with, <laughs> I had it crossed out. I had bogey music. <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> you believe this? I did. I had bohemian <laughs> music and because I wanted something wild and outrageous. And I thought that would be perfect there, just like Ken said. Uh, but I wound up going with Nobody Knows, which hmm. is, uh, I don't think any, nobody's mentioned that one, right? No, no so not yet. First one of that. Yeah, Nobody Knows, you know, not, not, a not, not a great song, but I just thought to have something really like rocky and bouncy like that at that point might be nice. For number five, I went with uh, the offbeat instrumental, Mama Miss America. I think it's really good. And Tom really nailed it. I thought what he said, you know, I love hearing Paul play all, all the stuff on there, the drums and everything. Uh, one of my favorite instrumentals. Okay. And I closed with the song, One of These Days. Oh, um, um, very good. So, yeah, that's not another one. What I was saying earlier, sometimes you hear something, you're used to it being a closer or an opener or next to last and like in the case of maybe I'm amazed next to last yeah. uh, and yeah. stuff and it, it's just in there it's like in the groove you know so I, I love that I love the echo of it I love I love I love the you know uh, ever after bit that's mm -hmm. sung in there we the fresh air ever after right I think that's a, a good way to close the album although yeah <laughs> using the one from McCartney 3 is uh, a perfect closer too for the album that's Come to love that too as an album closer. So there you go, folks. That's it. Uh, cool. Any comments or anything uh, that you noticed that were interesting? Uh, it was, it was I, interesting how we all kind of, I think, took uh, different approaches to it, kind of thematically. Yeah. Yeah. We know? didn't talk. Like we didn't talk it out, right? No. We just did it. <laughs> oh no. We when we do a show like this, we never, you know, share with each other what we picked or anything because right. it's way more fun this way um but yeah i mean we all sort of took different approaches i mean like you know tom you wanted to showcase some like his guitar work hmm. um and you know i mean i had my certain criteria and and um 
you know, I mean, I, I just think it's, it's really interesting how we, we each wanted to, to showcase a specific, you know, side of, of, of Paul's work, uh, you mm. know, his more avant-garde side or, yeah. his, you know, and, uh, but, but a lot of times we pick different songs to do that with. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. it was fascinating. Yeah. I found it interesting. The songs that we all picked. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we all did, we all had junk in there, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That yeah. was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it was painful for me not to put in something like Waterfalls because I love yeah. Waterfalls a lot as a ballad. And when you think about your top four songs from McCartney 2, in many ways, you know, Waterfalls has got to be one of them, I think anyway. But if you want to showcase the real, you know, weird side of Paul, which I want to do. Right. Because most people, are, you know, if you're a casual radio listener, you don't hear that side of Paul. Right. They don't play it that much on the radio. So mm-hmm. only the people who really follow his stuff and really, you know, study it are aware of the stuff that he's done, like the firemen, too, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, yeah, it's cool that you and I both had bogey music. That was <laughs> very good. <job. laughs> my nephew, my nephew loves Dark Room. Oh, I love that one, too. Mm-hmm. That's one of my uh, favorites. Funny too. you mentioned that. Tom Brennan just pointed out nobody picked Dark Room. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was going to, but... I, is Linda on that? I don't think I know. I wasn't sure that she was. But. I, I no. However, I do think I think she's on backing vocals on one of these days, though. Oh, is she? Oh, I got to go back and jump. Check. <laughs> it sounds like, sound it. like Not, it. To me, it uh, does. But okay. um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Joseph, it, but... uh, Joseph Beneo said, I want to make CDs of all these mixes and play them to see which one is the most listenable. <laughs> <laughs> Get back to us. Tell us. Which yeah, one exactly. You go. I don't think it would be mine. That's yeah. your home. That's your homework for the week there, Joseph. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, no pressure. No, you know, yes. just let us know yeah, which one is, is best. Did we all say so. coming up? <laughs> no, um, I, didn't, I didn't put it on. Coming so up, I did. Coming up? I mean, I love it. I love coming up. But, yeah. yeah. I didn't put it on. Yep, I did. It's kind yeah. of like, how can you not have coming up and maybe I'm amazed? Those are the two yeah. must-haves. That's why they put but... it on. <laughs> <laughs> obvious, I guess. Yeah. All right. So I think we are we're, on, we're doing pretty good on time here. Yep. So why don't we wrap it up? Kit, why don't, why don't you uh, tell everybody uh, where they could get to us and all right well first uh well yeah that stuff uh all that all that all that jazz all that jazz Mm. (laughs) so uh first off uh well you can reach us uh at um talk more solo talk at gmail.com you of course can find us on facebook if you're watching live it's right on this page um and uh you can also find us on twitter at uh talk more talk one the number one and we also have a website uh, talkmoretalk.com um, and uh, as always, uh, and our YouTube uh, channel, uh, please subscribe. We're getting closer to a thousand subscribers. So yeah. keep it coming. Tell yes. your friends, tell everybody, you know, uh, and uh, so, you know, we, we, we need more and more subscribers. Um, and uh, we love hearing your comments, your suggestions, your feedback. If you have ideas of topics you'd like to see on future shows, we, we would love to hear that. Uh, we've gotten great, um, actually great suggestions uh, from listeners and some we've done in the past. So, uh, right. so please keep, keep those ideas coming. We, we love it. We love hearing from you guys. Um, as uh, far as I go, um, 
I'm going to be, uh, if you're watching live now, uh, this Wednesday night, and I think it's at 8 p.m. Eastern, I'm going to be on uh, Plastic EP's page. We're doing a discussion on Sergeant Pepper. So that should be a lot of fun. I am also um, deep in work for my history of Motown course. Uh, really excited about it. I am learning so much. Uh, I, I've got so much information to share with you guys and so much great music. Uh, the class starts January 28th. There's still time to register. So I will put the information on uh, the Talk More Talk page as well as my own Facebook page. So, um, you know, three nights uh, of, of uh, great music and, uh, and, you know, I've got some you know, some discussion planned. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, just go to my Facebook page or, uh, or our Talk More Talk page for more information. And I think that's it for now. And what is going on these days with Tom Hunyadi? Well, let me tell you a whole lot. That's what's going on. Um, matter of fact, I need to, you know, slow down a little bit. But anyways, uh, yeah, we're really busy. Uh, we're, we're a video cast now. You can check us out on our YouTube channel, Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast. Uh, every week, we were doing a great series, a fun series called Ranking the Tracks. Uh, this week, we'll be ranking Back to the Egg. All the tracks from Back to the Egg had a yes. great time. You know, archives, archives. Yes, archives, please. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I can't wait to talk about this album a little bit because it's you know i'm really looking forward to when it gets released on the archive because i think it's going to i mean i i, I think it's 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 a lot better than what people remember i, I know mm -hmm. a lot of people talk about this as a higher up their album but i think um once this gets released i think a lot of people are going to have this in their you know in their top 10 or something it, it, like needs, a, it well, needs a reappraisal it does need a reappraisal you know yeah you know um I and, think a lot of people appreciate that album a lot more now. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I've noticed that. I've no, I have but, noticed it's gotten better. But yes. back to the better. egg, there's there's so many possibilities of what they could put on there as bonus absolutely. features. It's, yeah, it's amazing. Yes, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, and as for our weekly show, we just had our buddy Dylan Seavey, who the the wonderful musician who had done our um, our, our theme music and our, our outro and our intro. So um, we had him back on, and we thought he'd be a good person to have on to talk about instrumentals. So we talked about that, which is an overlooked area in McCartney's catalog. A lot of great instrumentals out there, and we also picked our top 10 favorites in the instrumental, all three of us. So, so we had a good time doing that. So uh, again, check us out on our YouTube channel, Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast. E email us at twolegspodcast at gmail.com. And uh, coming up this Saturday, we're going to be revisiting the Paul McCartney in Red Square wow. DVD. So oh, yeah. I had a fun time uh, rediscovering this. Uh, With an interesting, an interesting audience member at one point. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Very interesting. We'll save that. We'll save <laughs> yes. it. Yes, I don't know how he feels about that now, but uh, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> and when is okay. your rating the track video? Oh, uh, thank you. They're Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So every yeah, Wednesday. I recommend that. I love that. I love They're that. They're fun. Yeah. Yeah, and so, I got to tell you, you'll hear some wacky stuff, folks. Oh, you yep. do. <laughs> Especially from the guy below <laughs> me, right? <laughs> no, but it's it's so fun doing this because it, it's really interesting seeing everybody else's rankings, yeah. which yeah, they're, sure. they're far out there. London Town was just crazy how everybody's just differed. And um, and then when we did when we get done with Back to the Egg, 
the following week we're going to go back and we're going to do we're going to rank all the non-album a sides and b sides so it's Ooh. about 22 tracks we're gonna we're gonna rank uh in oh. two weeks oh cool okay. Wow. Yeah. So, so, you, so you group the A's and the B's together. You don't keep them all A sides and all B sides. No, no. Whatever wasn't A's on an album, whatever yeah, wasn't okay. on an album, yeah, is gonna get uh it's gonna get ranked. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, okay. It's gonna be after it's gonna be after you're done yeah. with the seventies ones. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. A few things, a few things to plug here. Uh my latest episode of Every Little Thing, my syndicated Beatles show. Uh, airs this week on uh, over 40 radio stations. It includes a McCartney trilogy set. Ah, very cool. One song from each. Um, also, there's a Beatles in the know set. Ah. N-O-W. Right. So those are songs that have that word in it or knows or known. Not, you know. knows. Not this knows. <laughs> Not that knows. <laughs> How about unknown? <laughs> that's good i didn't think of that one i can think of one you know what it is. <laughs> uh, but if you want to know what radio stations air the show you can go to my website kenmichaelsradio.com there's a page just for every little thing lists all the radio stations their air times links to their websites so you can stream the show okay uh, on my website kenmichaelsradio.com there's Beatles trivia every single week. You can win one of 10 prizes. And I will tell you that uh, this week there's a game called The Word in which I post a very unique word that you can find in the lyrics of a Beatle or solo Beatles oh. song. I can only tell you that this is a song that is a favorite of Kit's and she will be very happy. Once she checks out the website and goes to that page, <laughs> you'll know the answer very quickly i'm giving everyone watching a heads wow. up on this it's a little clue you only get this clue from watching this show okay mm -hmm. so you could win one of 10 prizes like books cds and dvds that's at kenmichaelsradio.com um as joe said earlier i have my new youtube page i have five interviews on there hoping to have some new ones coming in the next one or two weeks that's ken michaels radio if you can go visit the the page and subscribe um, the next episode of Things We Said Today will be next week. We just did a show on Double Fantasy for its 40th anniversary. That came out last week. So we always do tapings on Tuesday, and they end up being posted Thursday or Friday. Although there is a chance this could be our first video version Ooh, of Things We Said that. Today. Ooh. I hope so. Okay. Get with the, the time. New era. <laughs> <laughs> new era. <laughs> And one Bring final... out the old. That's right. That's right. We've been wanting to do this for a long time, and I think it's as long as I have my Zoom account now, we can do it. Excellent. Anyway, um, I will be interviewed by Pat Matthews, mm. who is the program director of Beatles Arama. That's another all Beatles channel, and that's going to take place a week from Thursday, and it's going to be live. He's going to be interviewing me about all my feelings about the Beatles, and possibly the work that I've done and about every little thing and maybe talking about my podcast shows too. And that will be Thursday, the 21st at uh, three, 3 PM uh, that specific time. And so that will be 6 PM Eastern time. Okay. And then after that, it will be on their own YouTube page for Beatles Arama. So it's great when the tables are turned and people are interviewing me. You know, I love doing that. So, so I've I done so many you interviews. Once. I interviewed you a little bit. Yes, you my, did. One of my Fest for Beatles fans videos. Yes. Okay. 
pretty soon I'll be having all of you on my YouTube channel. Then I'll have something to talk about that I'm doing. Good segue <laughs> there. When I, when I get to me, I, I don't have much right now. Let's all talk about it. <laughs> so, Ken, uh, is that is it a good segue? That is it. That's, yeah. Okay. And then for me, all you have to do is go to my channel. It's all I have. It's a YouTube, Mean Mr. Mayo. And, uh, uh, lately, if it's your bag, seeing somebody go crazy buying all kinds of McCartney 3 things, anybody spot where I displayed the box up there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw it. McCartney 3, okay? I made a lot of videos about that. Every time I get something new, I'm showing it to you. I buy it. I open it. I collect it so you don't have to. <laughs> so that's how that goes. You can look oh, at it that God. way if you want. But that's... I have a couple couple of podcast things uh, in the works. I won't really mention them now. One of them is with Tom Hunyadi. Another one is with uh, someone else I won't mention until that pans out for sure. But I'll let you know as soon as uh, they're up. All right, everybody? Mm. So it's been a fun show. And Can I, I just hope you... say yes, one yes, thing? Sir? I just want to thank everybody who watched our last show oh, yeah. on McCartney 3 because yeah. we got over 1,700 hits yeah, that's for a that one. show alone in, in under two weeks. Oh, well, it's three, three weeks now. Okay, yeah. all right. Still, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're so thinking that's about gonna, that's gonna it's gonna be pretty big there. It's gonna be in the running for the number one most viewed, I think, pretty soon. Yep. Probably We're thinking about that. making every show this year just on McCartney three, <laughs> different <laughs> angles on McCartney three. You want to play see off more? of it? We aim to please absolutely. We're, we're going to oh, do this until McCartney 4 comes out. That's right. But that's what you want. We, yeah. we aim to play. And the way things right. are going, it might be this year. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> you oh, never no. know. No. Yeah, well, and also, uh, we want to uh, send a shout out to Beetle Ed at Fab Four Radio. Right. Uh, who was in the comments earlier tonight. Yes. I saw it there. So uh, so thank you, as always, for, for running this show, as well as many of our individual yes. shows. So thank you to Fab Four Radio. All right, everybody. So that, that kicks it in the head for this show. So <laughs> for Kiddo Tool, Tom Agnati, Ken Michaels, I'm Joe Mayo saying seize the day. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Talk. <laughs>